TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. I would like to welcome you to the newest edition of The Outsider's Edge and officially the first edition simulcast between Chair Shot Radio Network and Social Suplex Podcast Network. We are bringing people together. We are bridging the gap. We are changing the game right here in The Outsider's Edge. It's your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Big things going on, man. Uh, I am with my boy Kyle. Let me introduce you first. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, shout out to our missing brother in arms, Carl. Hashtag bring back Carl. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Carl misses a few shows here and there, and we're fine with it. Carl is a father of two who works full time and is in school full time. And is a student. Yeah. So it's okay if he misses a couple episodes. We understand. And yeah, we're bummed he's not here for our first episode, our debut, if you will. But... uh. Oh, well, it just means it's going to be a bigger deal when he comes back next week. Uh, Kyle, we love, I mean, Carl, we love you, brother. Uh, and we're going to hold it down for you in your absence. But I want to reiterate to those listening again, we are simulcast officially starting today on ChairShot and on Social Suplex. I'll throw out all the shout outs at the end and all the links and all that and the other. But um, as m- my co-host of ChairShot Radio would implore me to do, I guess it's part of, we all got to say it, right? I guess chair shot, always use your head. I tell my students that all the time. Yeah, I think this is for a different reason for chair shot. It's, 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 a, it's a gimmick. It's a thing. Oh, oh, that's yeah. a thing? It's like, a thing. Like, keep K-Fabe alive? Keep K-Fabe alive. Like, 1997 K-Fabe. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, a few things have happened since the last time we talked. A couple of things. There was a, there was a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell. Um... There has been some major announcements, a major re-signing. It's been a pretty big week in wrestling. They tend to always be big, but this was a little more newsworthy than usual, I would say. But Especially for this time of year. Right? For September? That don't make no sense. But we got to start with uh, kind of recapping Hell in the Cell. We don't have to go through every match per se, um, but, well, it was only seven matches if you count the pre-show so this will be easier than your normal WWE pay-per-view but uh i'm a i'm gonna open the floor to you and let you say what you thought of the show because i got some gripes i've already said so on chair shot radio which should have come out today i've already said so on ricky and clive so i don't want to be a broken record but we haven't heard from kyle my man what you think all right so um you know, the first bit of the show, I was really enjoying it for the most part. Um, aside from the opener with Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton, it wasn't so much that I hated the match. But as I've been saying on this show, longtime <laughs> listeners will totally know where I'm going here. As I've been saying for weeks now and will continue to say, 
until it is a thing. Go away, Randy Orton. When we get Just t-shirts. go away. When we get t-shirts for the show, that's going to be yours. <laughs> go away, Randy Orton. Like, I'm just done with him. Um, but aside from that, you know, I can't say enough good things about the Becky Lynch-Charlotte rivalry. Um, that finish came a little bit out of nowhere. Uh, but I'm okay with it because, you know, I'm okay with Becky getting a shine. Uh, I thought it was going to come later in the feud, but I like the way that they have kind of the direction they've gone in with it um on tuesday so that one gets a big thumb up from me okay um another one that gets a big thumb up for me is um ronda rousey gets a big thumb up for me Amen, because big on it ronda just continues to impress um when, Ron- thumbs- when ronda can impress clive she's impressed people yeah so my my thumbs down though oh jeez, i got like a roach flying around my apartment give me oh. a minute um, so no. my my thumbs down though um way 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 down goes to the finish of that main event well how before in we the get hell? there hold on hold on because i we're, we're both going to spit some fire on that i don't want to that's actually i want to break that down actually in depth before we get there i want to echo your sentiments where you're at um so I had three, uh, I had three issues with the show. I think the show was on its way to being one of the best shows of the year. I think it was a tremendously booked show, tremendously wrestled show. Everything made sense. Everything not only not only made sense in the ring, but led to something interesting that happened afterwards. That's hard to do both. All of the, I think every match did that except for the main events, which we'll talk about. But before we get there, because we're going to break that down, I want to talk about the two issues I have. I'm going to save the Joe AJ situation for the end because I know we're going to talk about AJ in depth too. But I want to yeah, talk about Charlotte and Becky. Oh yeah, but I want to talk about Charlotte and Becky with you first before we go any further. Um, I am happy Becky is champ. Becky was going to end this situation with, as champ always. I always knew that. I don't mind that she won. I've never been one to complain a bitch about a finish. Because it's always a reason, and we'll figure it out eventually. I don't like why. And let me explain to you what I mean when I say that. And I want you to tell me what you think. It's been very open and very audible that there was a big subset of fans who were upset that Becky turned heel in this feud, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And she was the heel. I think that in this situation, in this feud, every feud has a purpose, right? And at the end of the feud, the feud can go one of two ways. The whole purpose of this feud was Becky trying to prove to Charlotte and everybody else, and to herself really, that she's just as good if not better. So it could have only ended in one of two ways. One, she loses at the end, she finally keeps losing and loses at the end and realizes that she wasn't as good as Charlotte and gets even more bitter or, you know, makes up with the whatever it is. But that's the one way. The other way was she's going to end at the end beating Charlotte, realizing that she was just as good, if not better, and go forth that way. That's the only two ways it could have gone, right? If that's if those are the, the end results, 
that already happened. So where are we going? Well, based on where they went with it on Tuesday, where they're going is that Becky was willing to throw away her friendship with Charlotte to be champion, which in and of itself is compelling enough television. Um, that's the crux of a decent feud. We have a prize that we both want and I stepped over you to get it. And now you feel some type of way and we're going to do the fallout. Sure. Um, but hasn't Charlotte been made to look stupid the entire time? I don't think Charlotte's been made to look stupid the entire time. I think she's been made to look obtuse or clueless Okay. the entire time. And I, I think there's that. an important difference there. Charlotte's not dumb. She she sees what Becky's doing. Charlotte's clueless because she doesn't understand how she has contributed to mm-hmm. Becky's emotions. Indirectly, as should we say, because she has done it. Yes. And the reason I'd say that she's still clueless is because Becky has told her repeatedly where she's coming from. That doesn't mean Charlotte has to agree with it. Yeah. But in every promo, Charlotte still keeps saying things like, I don't understand why you did this or I don't get why you would or you were willing to blah, blah, blah. Homegirl, she told you. She feels like you stole her spotlight and she don't. Agree with that, so she took it back. But you and I have talked. You and I have talked about this ad nauseum. We all, I think, she's Becky's right in how she feels. But I think what Charlotte's addressing isn't why she feels that way. It's how you went about it. Because, and I, and I want, and I, I want to say this. I want to, I want to make this point. Becky said audibly in a promo that had I won the title, you would have been the first person I gave a title shot to. But when Charlotte says that she's wrong. So that's what I think Charlotte is, is more going towards is that, well, if you were that upset with me and you wanted a title shot, you could have always had one whenever you wanted it with me winning the title. But what did you expect me to do? Just give it to you, give the spotlight to you and walk away. That's not who I'm, how, who I am. It's, you know, it, it might be obtuse. You're right, but it is what it is. But you know what I think the real problem is with the storyline and the reason why the fans have gravitated towards Becky more instead of less is in a lot of ways, they're trying to make Charlotte play the underdog and absolutely nothing about Charlotte is underdog. Yeah. You, you, and you can see, and I, I mean like even down to the physicality of no, it. Charlotte right. is like what? Three inches taller than Becky. You're Charlotte's right. a six time champion. Becky's yeah. only held the title once. Yeah. Charlotte is a flair. Like seven-time champion, by the way. Seven-time champion. I stand corrected. Everything about Charlotte. Charlotte's whole motto is that she's genetically superior. If everything that you're built on is this idea that you're the apex, you can't have a storyline with someone who's already established mm-hmm. and That's pretend fair. to be the underdog. But there's isn't there a difference between just like there's a difference between between being dumb and obtuse. Isn't there a difference between being the underdog and fighting from underneath? I think it's a fine line, though. I, okay. I would agree there is a difference, but I think there's a much finer line there. Okay. Than there is in like being dumb and being obtuse. You know, you're absolutely right, and and Charlotte is flirting very heavily with both of those on um, both those lines. Um, but I I tend to understand where she's coming from. 
again, I don't think Becky's wrong at all, except for how she's gone about things. But I think that's the that's the beauty of this feud. Both of them are right. That's that's why I love the feud. But I I, I do have a problem with the alignment mattering so much because and I say that because the alignment very clearly mattered enough for them to change the story. The story was very audibly very clearly changed because Becky hasn't been if maybe it's just me, but I feel like they're they're making Becky more anti-heroish than heelish. And then and and let me also add to this. I know I don't I'm not one of these people who believes that WWE tells the wrestlers what to tweet. I will never believe that because they tweet whatever they want. I think, but it was telling that all the wrestlers were tweeting Becky after she won. You deserve this. It's about time. I can't I can't I can't believe you won and I'm so happy. You know, that's making her look protagonistish when she's not supposed to be in the situation. Well. I mean, I think that I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong because I think that there's definitely signs where they may have absolutely called an audible and instead of making her the outright heel, they turned her anti-hero. But one of the criticisms that's lobbed at WWE especially over and over and over again is that they're tone deaf and they don't pay attention and that they're not <laughs> responding to what the fans want. The point so about to make it attempt, great, yeah. If you attempt to turn someone heel and the entire audience in every arena just starts chanting their name, fuck it, let's call an audible. They like her now. Let's do it. That's a good point, but you know but you know me well enough to know my fear is this. Fans are fickle. So I I am one that believes that the artist should should control how the story is told, always. Whether it's a, a musician, whether it's an actor, whether it's a writer, they ultimately should tell the fans what they want them to react to, and then the fans have the right to choose how they want to react. That's how I feel about it. So if you're changing the story for some fans who weren't happy, you're ultimately killing the sanctity of that story because it's gone now it's not your story anymore it's theirs i agree with the with the crux of your argument but not necessarily in this case because of the type of change that they made okay i would be totally 100 percent with you if they turned becky back into white meat wwe underdog baby face okay but turning a heel into an anti-hero isn't so much a change as no. much as you're not going out of your way to make them a dick. She's still okay. doing all of the dickish things a heel would do. She's just not also every third word insulting the audience. Okay, That's the only real difference there. She's okay. still saying the same types of things that a heel Becky would have said. She's still attacking the dog shit out of Charlotte. Jump zone every week. Yeah. Um, that promo that she gave on Tuesday night, that was some heel ass shit. If I've ever heard, if I have ever seen it, no, you know what? I don't want you to raise my hand. I want you to put the title around my waist. You know what? I changed my mind. Yep. Raise. I want you to call me queen. Ooh. Yeah. Like, and there's something about, I I know, you know, I'm all for gender equality and I, and I hate sexism and all that, but there's something about a woman calling another woman a bitch that just is so much more powerful. 
than when a man calls another man a bitch. You're right, but again, rants gotta be rants. If you like that, then when Roman uses a cuss word, you can't dislike that. Because it's I in the same. I don't dislike Roman using cuss words. I dislike Roman's delivery. Oh, that's 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 a very fair argument. But there's a lot of people in the internet who say that Roman only time Roman feels like he can make a make a point is when he has to cuss. Well, same thing with Becky right now. I think the bigger, I think my bigger complaint about cursing in WWE is that bitch seems to be the only word they're allowed to use, and they only use it like every now and again. I feel like you know, tell someone you're gonna whoop their ass. Like that's more authentic. They do. I, I think they do a lot more than we pay attention to, but they do. Ass is used a lot more. Um, yeah, but I get your point. Yeah, cussing is very hit or miss, but. Go ahead and, and say what you're going to say about the main event. I want to get that out of the way first because I know right. we're going to spend some uh, time on this and on AJ and Joe. So go ahead and let me know how you feel about that. All right. So um, before I get into the main event, into the main event, I'll say this. The reason I didn't talk too much about the tag team match is because I'm an old person and I fell asleep in the middle of the show <laughs> and have not, in fact, gotten around to watching Discount HBK and Diesel. It's the best um, match of the night, by the way. It's very easily. I mean, I, 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 don't, I won't doubt it because they're all pretty accomplished in the ring, so I won't doubt it. Yeah. Um, no, my complaint with the main event really boils down to two things. Mm-hmm. The obvious one, less Brock Lesnar is a better thing. Okay. But number two, a Hell in the Cell match should never end in a non-finish. Not in the same night that your first Hell in a Cell match ended with the finish and then a stretcher job. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very well said. A Hell in a Cell match is not allowed to have no fucking finish. That, and it makes both Braun and Roman look like massive geeks in a storyline where the Shield and Braun have made the entire roster look like geeks did you listen to me or ricky and clive or this is really just your honest opinion because i feel like no, you said like everything does, i said no, but it does it makes them look like fucking geeks yeah. roman reigns who kicks out of like four f5s in route to winning a title six six f5s in route to winning the title braun Strowman, who climbed out of a fucking ambulance after they used the jaws of life and one f5 apiece no, the worst part is that's not the worst part. The worst part to me of all of that was because you hit two of my criticisms, and I want to expound on them. But the worst part, and the third, the third criticism I had was Ambrose, Rollins, Drew, and Dolph. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's gonna sit here and say what they come out there for. We all get the point of that, right? But the issue was you had Roman and Braun powder the entire time. They just chilled for five to ten minutes while those guys did their thing. So these are the toughest guys on the roster, some of the toughest guys in recent memory, and they're just chilling while while Drew is struggling to climb up the the cell. Like this this what this was hot in the streets. Like I that so 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 much was convoluted. Let's talk about Brock real quick though. I don't have a problem with Brock. I don't have a problem with Brock coming back. I don't have a problem with Brock wanting his title. I don't have a problem problem with Brock breaking into that cell. None of that. Because all of it, kayfabe, makes sense. The man held the title for 500 plus, 500 plus days. The man is all about 
having the championship because it's a bigger payday. The only reason he lost the title is because Braun came out there and distracted him because Roman has never beaten Brock until Braun came out. He upset. Cool. All of that makes sense. The, The issue I have is one, Roman should have pinned Braun, or somebody, there should have been a finish. We've, we we both agree on that. But two, to bring Brock back now, in this situation, puts the focus back on Brock chasing the title with Roman and Braun. Cool. But you sacrificed so much of the, of the show and uh, you, like you said, you you sacrificed the entire Raw roster in two segments. But we have not seen Shield versus quote unquote Dogs of War yet. So before they really get into their feud 100%, they haven't gotten into it as a group yet, right? They really haven't. That's gone. We got the match in Australia, cool, but we putting that to the side because Brock back. That so like that's what what doesn't sit with me well, because when you again when you're trying to tell the story, coherently finish it. Twists and turns are cool, but you put you basically said pause. All right, let's get this bright thing one more one more go so we can do the Saudi Arabia thing and be done. Cool, I ain't mad at you for doing what you feel you need to do, but why couldn't that have happened after that? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I mean, I'm done with Brock. I, I, and before I, I get too much farther, I get it. I know I'm being worked. I understand that I'm being worked. I understand that they are booking Brock this way on purpose because they want you to dislike him. Mm-hmm. I get that. I'm done with Brock Lesnar. I turn off my television when I see Brock Lesnar. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I'm at that point with him. Not because Brock's not talented, but because Suplex City stopped being entertaining to me in 2016. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. Like, it's 2018, almost 2019, and we are still doing this shit. Yep. And it's the same cast of characters, really. Roman, Brock, and now Braun. Braun got inserted last year and has been... Now it's those three. Just... Constantly, those three. But those Leather, are, rinse, repeat. They're essentially the titans of Raw, right? Those are the three. Essentially, those are your titans. And, and, but here's the thing. That wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't for the fact that the rest of the Raw roster is repeatedly made to look like the Geek Squad. Outside of a small handful yeah. of people, everybody else on that roster is a certifiable geek. Even Finn, yeah. Finn Balor is pretty much on again, off again, Geek Squad. I think he's the one guy who I wouldn't call Geek Squad, but he's like, is there a mid card Geek Squad? The, I mean, there's really not a mid card right now. Well, I don't mean a mid card. What I'm saying is, is there a middle between your top guys, your Geek Squad? Finn's like the one dude in the middle. Maybe Bobby Lash is right there too, because he's not a, a certified geek. If that's what we're going to call him, cool. But what I mean is, Finn is the one guy who's consistently put over all the time, even though he's not pushed. Like, Finn don't really lose very, very many matches. Finn's the one guy that they're sticking in the main event. Uh, Like, when Braun did the thing. 
Well, Finn's over with crowds. Like Finn is generally over with the crowd. Right. It's just Finn is Finn doesn't lose a lot because Finn doesn't get a lot of important matches. Finn faces Baron Corbin every week. Okay, so but and we're about to talk about this with AJ. But I'm curious to know what you think. Why do you think that is? Why do I think Finn doesn't get any opportunities? Or why do I think he faces Baron Corbin every week? No, why does he get opportunities? <laughs> oh, yeah. um, because he's on Monday Night Raw and he's five foot nine. I think, and I will use this to segue into AJ and Joe. And this is Rance going to get heat. Cool. Hit me up. It's going to be the crux of my argument with AJ. I think that while Finn is a tremendous wrestler, Finn is tremendously good looking. Finn is over with crowds. The problem is, unless Finn is the demon, there's no character. So you can't build what Vince wants to build with these guys with no character. And much like AJ, and much like AJ, he's more interesting as a heel. So let's talk about AJ. Like the real rock and roller Finn Balor. Oh yeah. The inventor Tremendous. of the Bullet Club Finn Bal- Balor. Yeah. That guy is interesting. And 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 we have the we we have a real issue, a real problem, fans. It's it's almost a disease with only wanting to see a guy <laughs> in the way we liked him most. You know well, what I'm saying? I I but I don't even I'm not saying you're doing that, that now, but but I yeah. don't think it's that it, because I don't necessarily need Finn to be a heel, but I've been on the show numerous times with my complaint with WWE is that they don't allow their baby faces to be layered and to have motivations and to come across as authentic. But my in, question to you is does any does outside of the top 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 baby faces do any company I mean, right now I'm not watching enough of most other companies other than New Japan. New Japan's promos are all in Japanese, so I, I don't really know what they're saying. Kenny's not – so Kenny's layered. We're going to talk Kenny later on. Kenny's very layered. We know this. Okay, cool. But is would you consider Naito a face? Would I consider, yeah, I'd consider Naito a face. Okay, Naito's layered. But is uh... – Coda, Coda's not really layered. He's just Kenny's lover. He's a crazy guy, right? But I'm saying I, I just think it's a problem with baby faces in general because one, everything you could do with a baby face for the most part we've done. Two, fans don't like good guys. It's just something that's been shown, right? It's very rare that a. I think that, it's because I think it's because nobody. Nobody in real life is just genuinely good all of the time. Like, there are good humans. I don't mean it like that. Mm -hmm. But people are layered. People have shades of gray. And the way that true babyface booking would dictate it, you can't have those shades of gray. You just got to be always eating your vitamins and saying your prayers. But But when you try and sell merch and little kids like that shit, like, we just, before we got on the call, we had a conversation about the, I guess we can call it the Superman paradox. And I hate Superman with a passion. Oh, I hate Superman. But kids like Superman a lot, sometimes more than Batman. Because Superman is truth and justice and the American way. And I got the jawline and I fly and I'm perfect and I'm this. 
I like Laird more. I've openly admitted because Laird is more interesting. Yes, I'm because very, Laird is more interesting. I'm 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 always a fan of heels more than more than faces. I just always have been. Um, let's talk about AJ. In relation to Finn, um, I think that, and I had this I had this conversation with Ricky and Clive again. I think that. Okay, let me say this, and this is gonna be a hot take. And I apologize to anybody who don't like. Well, I don't apologize. Never mind. I hope if you don't like it, my bad. But it's it's how I really feel. I don't feel that wrestling alone, as a character, will get you over. Not in not in not in mainstream wrestling. Maybe on the indies, but on episodic, story-driven television, your character being I wrestle good is not enough. And if you look at AJ. That's his gimmick. I'm the best wrestler. Well, in AJ's talk, I'm the best wrestler. I'm phenomenal. And and I will, if I can give you exhibit A, every feud he's in, is it about something, is it just a regular feud where it's this and that? Or I don't like you. No, every feud is ultra personal because that's the only way you can get a story out of him as a face. Right? Wendy... Joe had to bring his wife into it, right? Owens and AJ fought because they they got like Peter Griffin and Big Chicken beef from Ring of Honor. He, he threw Shane through a window because Shane screwed him out of a of a title. Like every few him and Shinsuke, Shinsuke kicked him in the dick enough times to say, "Hi, right, bro, I'm sick of this." Like every feud he's in gets ultra personal because just reg, your regular run of the mill feud won't work for him. Especially in the spot he's in, because I don't think, Rance doesn't think, wrestling as your gimmick will get you over in story-driven, episodic wrestling. It took Daniel Bryan to go to anger management to get over with everybody. Was he over with diehards? Absolutely. But with everybody, took that. I think my issue with AJ and and here's the problem that they're going to run into or they have run into I think is okay if all you've got is that you're a really good wrestler but every match that you have ends in a fuck finish that's a problem now those of us who liked you because you're a really great fucking wrestler have lost our patience that's very because point. if you go back you know this this is a problem that dates back more than a year I saw the tweet, yeah, with all the... Yeah, More than a year. Every AJ Styles feud going back to last WrestleMania season is like a three to four match arc with nothing but fuck finishes. Dual, ca- dual countouts, tap outs that aren't tap outs with the pinfalls, yeah. DQs, um, Count- the... The count. Well, they had a, he had a last fucking man standing match that ended in a draw with a double dick kick. <laughs> yeah. Now this most recent match with Joe, he's in the Coquina clutch and he gets the pinfall victory even though he tapped out first. So now we got a fuck finish so that we can extend the feud out what, for but, another match. But okay, but Kyle, what what I'm getting at is there's got to be a reason, and I've told you what I think it is. Number one, do you do you disagree with me? Do you think I'm crazy? Do you think I'm I, I could be onto something? And two, what do you think? Because there's got to be a reason. 
a reason that he always has the fuck finishes? A reason that he's booked so amb- so ambiguously. Yes. Um, he's the WWE well, champion. He's the top guy essentially on SmackDown. There's got to be something. I think part of the reason that he's booked so ambiguously is because SmackDown, even though I'm going to argue in a second that AJ is not their biggest star by a long shot. You have to argue that as fact. SmackDown also, outside of Joe, Miz, and Brian, SmackDown doesn't really have anybody else who's at main event WWE title level other than go away Randy Orton and washed Jeff Hardy. I mean, Shinsuke um, could easily move back up if you give him the opportunity. But yes, you're right. You're right. Well, they've, but they've done so much character damage to Shinsuke. No, you're absolutely right. Um, Rusev, they're just now starting to actually get behind as a face. They have a lot um, of on the verge. starting guys. this program with Aiden English. Yeah. But realistically, it's the, the only people on SmackDown right now who are legitimately – could be WWE champion right now and nobody would bat an eyelash are AJ – Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, and The Miz. Yeah. Those are the only people on that roster, as talented as that roster is, that could just instantly be world champion and everybody just be like, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. They got You're right. They got plenty of people that are on the cusp. You could pick literally any one member of the New Day and push them as a single star. Andrade Be over huge. Andrade Cien Almas is on that cusp. Rusev is being built up. Um, Shinsuke, they could build back up. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Orton and Hardy, even though... Because they're Hardy's both Hall of Famers. For, right. Because they're both Hall of Famers. They're You're walking Hall right. of Famers. You yeah. could insert them anytime. Yeah. Um, Sheamus, you could insert with a little bit of build because he's got the pedigree that you can always just technically, yeah. even if he doesn't feel like it, you could always insert him into... Yeah. That picture. Well, Seamus or Cesaro for that for that matter. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, uh, Luke Harper's got enough talent that they could build him up if they'd ever actually use him outside of tagging him with Rowan. But, um, but yeah, they've got people that are on the cusp, but SmackDown did not build I, – I don't want to say they didn't put any effort into building people into the main event. They did. It's just none of the people that they put the effort into panned out long term. Okay. Jinder got moved over to Raw and is mm-hmm. now a mid-card guy, which is realistically what Jinder's ceiling should be. Jinder is a solid mid-card guy. Absolutely. Um, so he got moved to his proper place in the card and sent to another show. Ambrose is um, back on Raw. Sami Zayn got sent back over to Raw, mm-hmm. and he got hurt, but not the point. He got built up and then sent back over to Raw. Joe. Ambrose I mean, got sent back over to Raw. Um, Ziggler got sent back over to Raw. Owens. Owens got sent back over to Raw. Yeah. And Big Ass got fired. Yeah. So, like, none of the people that SmackDown had tried to push are still there. Except AJ and Miz. Well, no, but Except for AJ. Well, Miz got moved get, back. Yeah. Not even counting Miz, Miz yeah, just moved, AJ. But then got moved back. Yeah, good point. So, like, I think that's the reason for his ambiguous booking is – they put the title on him because Brock wouldn't face Jinder, um, because Jinder couldn't bump for him the way that AJ can. Yeah. Um, but then once they did that, they knew they weren't going to put Jinder back in the WWE title picture because, again, Jinder's a mid-card guy. That's, that's his role. Um, but they didn't have anybody else. 
And so because they weren't willing to give Shinsuke the ball for whatever reason. Whatever. Um, yeah, we'll never know. Um, but because they weren't willing to do that, they did a bunch of fuck finishes. And that's kind of become AJ's thing now. Um, some of it could also be AJ could be getting to the point where he's getting washed. He's 42. So that's a conversation that a lot of AJ fans aren't ready for. But they they don't have to be ready for it for it to be a conversation they need to it's have. It's a real conversation you need to have. That yeah, I mean these guys from New Japan. Can can I can I give you a small guys who jump around a lot as they age are going to age less gracefully because your body cannot do yeah those things anymore. Can I give you a, can I give you a an analogy? I mean, you can. I can give you a WWE based example. Jeff Hardy no, I is mean, a great example of no, what we're talking about. I agree with you, but can I give you an analogy of what I think? What I think this is very similar to. This reminds me of a lot of these guys in the Premier Leagues, in soccer, who play. And they there go to for, like MLS or something when yeah. they're like thirty nine because they're like Beckham, I can't be a Premier League star right. anymore. But Beckham, I can still get paid in America. Exactly. Beckham, uh, Zlatan, Rooney, Coco. Coco, Kaka. Like a lot of these guys who were tremendous over there are coming and they're still great. But they know they're not who they used to be. AJ got here at 30, 38, 39. Joe got here at 36, 37. Shinsuke got here at 36, 37. So these guys that you're used to tearing it up for 15 years tore it up a little too long. So now they're here and you're mad because guys like AJ and Shinsuke get this dream match, and it's a three and three and a quarter star match, and you're expecting Wrestle Kingdom ten. There, you can do that so often, you know. Which is which is what like like your phase where you want them. But if you want them in WWE, you should want them to be there when they're fairly younger. Yeah, like the I, so I think that could have something to do with it. But the long and short of it is this. AJ Styles needs to drop the title to Samoa Joe or Mike Mizanin as soon as humanly possible. I don't care which one, but he needs to drop the title to one of those dudes, like, now. This this, this is all I know. AJ, I'm not going to go and say that AJ's burying people, because he's not. No. But it's almost to the point where it's a detriment to somebody feuding with him, because yeah. you always come out worse. Yeah, and it's because not his all fault. those fuck finishes hurt your momentum. Mm-hmm. And then he wins in the end. Yeah. So now look at a guy like Joe. Joe got this. Joe, uh, AJ got and this Joe one. needs a win like this if you think about it because mm-hmm. Joe has become that heel who's a badass that always loses the actual match. Bray Wyatt. He beats the shit out of you the entire feud. He has the best promos. He makes sense. All that shit. And then the actual match happens and he fucking loses. Bray Wyatt. No, but here's the difference. Bray Wyatt's character at least never cared about winning. He didn't, but his but his goons did. Joe's character, but Joe's character cares about winning. This is fair. This is fair. Yeah. This is like, it, yeah. Joe's the guy talking about I'ma beat the fucking shit out of you, and then I'm gonna go fuck your wife. <laughs> oh, Wendy. Yeah. Um, great point. Uh, I I'm with you too. It's time for AJ. And it, it, this isn't this isn't this isn't a negative on AJ. I think AJ, much like Okada, after he finally lost, how it only helped him because it allowed him to not have the pressure on him and just have fun again. AJ without the title could be good for AJ. 
it would allow him to have feuds that don't have to have like where he, you don't have to worry about the finish. If he needs to lose to keep the feud going, he can lose to keep the feud going. And AJ's the guy that's lost twice to James Ellsworth. He don't mind. He's, yeah, he's a, a team player. AJ worked for TNA during the Dixie Carter years. Oh. AJ is a team player. Hi, Claire Lynch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, by the way, that that company that we never talk about that he just that uh, Kyle just named, we're gonna talk about them later. Yeah, it's yeah. a special edition of the Edge. We're gonna talk about that company only because of chair shot, only because of chair shot. Um, so while we're while we're finishing up this Hell in a Cell conversation, let's kind of move it to the uh the conversation of the ne- the ne- I guess the next three shows, WWE Super Showdown in Australia, which is in a couple of weeks. Evolution, WWE Evolution, which is at the end of October and at the very beginning of November, WWE Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Too many shows all at one time. So I, yeah, absolutely. I am the biggest proponent of the business side of the of wrestling. I am the biggest proponent of WWE and their global expansion. I think it's tremendous that they want to kind of rebuild the territory era under their umbrella. I love it. I love the fact that all these underserved areas are getting shows, and not just shows, but shows to the scale of a mania, right? I love it. I am all for it because every everybody, no matter how bad your country is, deserves, if you're a WWE fan, you deserve to see WWE. This is what it is, right? But... They don't need to be promoting three shows within a couple weeks of each other at the same time. Well, you're absolutely right. Oh, well, you didn't allow me to say the, the phrase y'all want me to say all the time. I say all that to say this. You got to break it up. You got to break it up, yo. Because, and here's the sad thing. If this was just, I don't even think we'd have as big a problem with it if it was hypothetically saying, Super Showdown, TLC, and Evolution. I mean, and uh, and uh, Crown Jewel. But the fact that the first ever women's pay-per-view is sandwiched in the middle and isn't getting the build-up that I think it truly deserves for a show of that magnitude and importance is what I think is the biggest damper for me, besides the fact that it's literally three shows in six weeks. That's crazy. Four well, shows, if you count Hell in a Cell. Well, and what makes that even worse is... All that's going to do is fuel the trolls because Crown Jewel is already getting promotion and already they're hyping up that triple threat match and all that other shit. Okay. But no, dude, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I know. Trying to like make I that. I know up, you're but not. You know the trolls are going to come out the woodwork. Right. But I mean, the all male Saudi Arabia show is getting promoted but the all-female show is not being talked about very much okay but there would be there would be a legit argument i know this isn't you there'd be a legit argument if we didn't know any matches from uh from evolution we know two already right and speaking of speaking of if i hear one more motherfucking person who's pissing in their cheerios because they're upset about the two matches that have been announced for the women's show or the matches that are rumored to be happening on the women's show, I am going to lose my mind. 
This Women look- have been fighting for so long to get their own fucking pay-per-view, and they finally get their own fucking pay-per-view, and you want to sit here and piss in everybody's Cheerios because you wanted Trish and Lita to bring it back and don't like Trish going up against Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is a five-time champion whether you like her or not. In the words of the immortal Emma, Danielle Dashwood, it's all about me. That's what it is. Fans are all about me. And WWE plays has, has built that. They're a big proponent of the reason why they are that way. But ultimately, all the fans care about is what I want. We can't sit back and let one show happen where we turn off our Mark brain and say, thank you for letting this happen, right? Because much like we, the conversation we had around the, the Women's Royal Rumble, I told everybody, it's not going to be great. It's going to be very nostalgic heavy, but it's the first. Much like the very first Hell in a Cell, Women's Hell in a Cell. Much like the very first Women's Money in the Bank. Don't judge the first. The first is always... Especially in this situation when it's a it's it's a gender first, the purpose well, of it. Especially with a company like WWE who loves to lean into first their history making stuff. Yes, they love to hype that up. The first one is always gonna be nostalgia heavy, and it's just to kind as kind of a of a thank you or an homage. The second one is the one you judge, because then the, you got it. You got all the nostalgia and the pomp and circumstance out of the way. The second one is when you just start worrying about the booking, right? Case in point, the second money, second one was money in the bank ladder match was a lot more, was better than the first one, wasn't it not? Oh, markedly better. Because it wasn't about that old history and this and that. It's, okay, we're going to get out here, we're going to actually have a match, right? This year, yeah. it was great this year. It was tremendous because it was we wasn't worried about who was first, who was second. We was worried about seven women out there, was seven or eight, I can't remember how many it was, out there trying to kill each other to get this briefcase. So chill out. I mean, they even handled the cash in better the second time around, with Alexa doing the same night cash in and the way that she did that, and the Nia Jax callback. Yeah, yeah. But. I'm just I don't know. I'm just so tired of I get I get more and more tired of it. Like the fans need to miss me with this bullshit about I don't like this match that's rumored. It's not even fucking announced. It's just rumored. Okay. And so now we got to shit on it. Can I can I take the fans Can I take the fans back on one thing? Sure. Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey. I'm a Bella fan. I'm a I'm a big Bella fan. I don't know if that's the route I would go. I get why. But here's why, this is the one thing I'm taking the fans back on. Rumored, yes, yes, yes. But I can't see no other reason the Bellas keep hanging out with Ronda than to possibly foreshadow the match. Oh, yeah, sure. I I mean, I think that match will probably happen. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm here for it because, like, you know, I am with Nikki kind of where you're at with Daniel. I don't I don't ever want to see Nikki in the ring because I'm so worried that we saw what happened with Paige. It doesn't have to be a big bump. No, it doesn't. It can be something as and it can be something routine Mm -hmm. that she's done a million times. And I trust Rhonda to not like ragdoll her. But Rhonda's throws are still like impressive. They look worse than they are, but sure. 
But yeah, and, and I mean, just, you know, even if it wasn't Ronda, I get nervous every time Nikki's in the ring. Every time. Her first feud back is with Sarah and Liv. They trust him. And Liv scares the shit out of me. They trust him because they are green as hell. So they really yeah. got trust in the Riot Squad to let the Bellas come back. And that's I don't their know first Anybody feud. would trust in the Riot Squad. They're, they're markedly improved. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, we talk about the Geek Squad. The Riot Squad are a first team member of the Geek Squad. First ballot Hall of Famer? First ballot all geek. <laughs> right uh, down to Liv's pigtails. First yes. ballot all geek. And while we're laughing at it, Ruby's probably going to be one of your next champions, if not the next champ. I like Ruby. I like Ruby. Oh, Ruby's Ruby's a, Ruby's going amazing. in the ring, Ruby's and a, Ruby's a amazing. great character, and giving her Sarah and Liv as heavies is a good idea. Well, but, yeah, Liv isn't a heavy, but I get your point. Well, she's not a heavy, but she is a heavy in the sense of how she's used. No, I know what you meant, but yeah, live live out there. To, live, yeah, okay. Live out there weighs 80 pounds, and much like Alexa takes bumps before getting hit, Liv never makes contact when she throws them hits. No, not at all. Um, while we're on the subject of these uh these shows, me and you had a good little conversation before the show about uh Triple H Taker and apparently the rumor is if you believe uh as Bruce, Bruce Pritchard says or I'm not Bruce Pritchard but Conrad says rumor in a new window Shawn Michaels is coming out of retirement right I hope not Jesus so, Christ So well, let me set it up let me set it up we're going to get there let me set it up So we all know that Taker and Triple H are wrestling at Super Showdown in Australia for the very last time until they do it again. Um, With with Mayor Kane uh, on the side of his brother and with old man Sean as word to my boy Chris Platt with the wonky coke eye on the side with Triple H. And the rumor is that that is building to a tag match between the Brothers of Destruction and Degeneration X and Crown Jewel in, in Saudi Arabia. Okay. So unpacking all of this, first and foremost, we had a conversation about what is what is in canon. Uh, because there's, there is some worry and some issue that people feel that the build to this is taking TV time away, as you feel, from the other guys. And well, I shouldn't argue- say from the other guys, because let's be real. Raw doesn't effectively use all of their time anyway. They devote a third of the show to video packages. So really, they're probably just taking time that would have gone to a video recap of something that happened two hours earlier. Oh, no, they get 20 minutes. They would have thrown a match in there. This ain't like no two-minute promo. They get 20-minute promos, dog. Uh, so that's just that's just five video packages. <laughs> Kevin you Dunn laugh, is but it. you act, right. you laugh, but you don't even act like they wouldn't do that shit. You're probably right. I look, I came front. You're probably right. Um, but my, I don't think it's canon because they're not affecting anything else. They're effectively, on they're in their own world, right? So I guess my question to you is, I'm gonna give you a couple of them and just expound as you want. How you feel about Sean coming back? Once we're past that, how do you feel about the the prospect of a Degeneration X versus Brothers of Destruction match, which we've never seen before, to be fair? Number three, what do you think about the build to their match and how it's 
being integrated with the rest of the show. Okay. So first question. I never want to see Shawn Michaels wrestle ever again. Okay. Because Shawn Michaels was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and I don't ever want to tarnish okay. that image in my head of what Shawn Michaels was with what this bald, lazy-eyed, drug-addled, bodied man can do now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number two, <laughs> Poor how do I feel about a DX versus Brothers of Destruction match? If you'd have asked me in 1999 or 2000, Hell, if you'd have asked me as late as 2005, I'd have been like, how the fuck yeah I want to see DX versus the Brothers of Destruction. I am all about that shit. 2018, I have no use for Mayor Kane. He can stay mayor in Tennessee. I have no use for Sean being on my television. He can stay down in a performance center training kids. I have no use for The Undertaker. And I have no use for Triple H still being in the ring. So they can miss me with that whole thing. As <laughs> okay. far as how the match is being built, I, as you well know, am very selective in my viewership of Monday Night Raw. Very when true. I hear the music, I change the channel. <laughs> if y'all don't know, man, if y'all don't know Carl, uh, Kyle, Kyle absolutely will, will switch off of Raw in a heartbeat. In fact, it, most every Monday, most every Monday, I, I'll text Kyle, "What you doing, bro?" And he's not even watching Raw. Oh, this is this is nope. Monday's rim, yeah. So, because here's the thing, here's the thing. Most of the characters that I care about Smackdown. are on SmackDown yeah. or NXT. The only characters that I actively care about that are on Monday Night Raw: Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens. I used to say Braun, but I have not been Team Braun for a few months now because, like, his booking is real drizzling shits. Um, and if they're going to be using the cruiserweights on Raw for some reason, I mark hard for Drew 05 Live. Um, but, yeah, other than that, just not here for it. I like Ronda. So, as I'm one to do, let me play devil's advocate. Okay? Um... First, let me tell you how I feel about this. And now I'll play devil's advocate. I don't have an issue with Sean coming back. It's who he's coming back for that bothers me. You have to understand. When someone approaches you with a bag and is approaching seven figures to have a match, it's a pretty bad business decision to say I'm a pass. So I ain't I'm mad at him. I'm not on his hustle. Sure, I'm not I ain't mad at hustle. him at all. Here's the problem. And I'm the, I'm gonna go devil's advocate on this in a second. If you were ever to come back, and I'm sure in his mind, it had to have been an inkling of him being okay with it for him to say I'm coming back. Because if he was truly done, he wouldn't even he wouldn't even think about it, no matter how much money you would have given him. But if were, he were truly done, Triple H never would have asked him. Like that's, him and Triple H are best fucking. Friends. Even better way to put that. That's that's extremely well said. Like if he were legitimately done, yeah, Hunter never would have even bothered to ask. He'd have Great told point. Vince, like, listen, Sean ain't doing it. You can ask anybody else, but Sean ain't doing it. Great point. Great point. 
Triple H and Sean Waltman versus Taker and Kane. You know what? I'd be more here for it. I'd be more here for it. I was all about X Pac and Kane. Kid can still go though. That's the thing about it. X Pac can still go. But I mean, okay. he's done so much meth, he can't feel anything anymore. Shut up, man. <laughs> you know I'm right. It's the truth. But yeah. Um. But Sh- Sean had so many other important story story riddled um artistically pleasing matches he could have come back um, for yeah Sean and Daniel Bryan Sean, Sean and AJ. AJ like there were so many more that we could have Sean done. and Andrade I want to see Andrade against literally everyone because he makes everyone he look, look so good absolutely the way he would sell switching music would be glorious Oh, worried about be rude. Oh. Um, but so here is my devil's advocate. Okay. If you 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 said something that was very poignant, you don't want to see Sean come back because you don't want to see him tarnish the legacy, right? If he was ever to come back and there was somebody that he could be guaranteed to not tarnish his legacy with, it's the three guys. Well, Sands. Austin or Betty Foley, that he's wrestled more than anybody. Him and Taker can literally wrestle a match sleep in his five. Well, I mean that rivalry months. goes back to the new generation, right? So like free attitude era. Exactly. They were the first Hell in a Cell match. Exactly, and and the Brock Lesnar kickdown. For those that don't know, that partially oh paid homage to Kane ripping the door off the cell when he made his debut. In 1998. And speaking of Kane, I realize he hasn't wrestled consistently in a while, but name me over his entire career a safer worker than Kane. You'd be hard-pressed to find one. So so what I'm saying is, devil's advocate speaking, this is the, isn't this the perfect situation for him to come back in if he doesn't want to tarnish his legacy? Because there's no more trustworthy guys he can wrestle than these guys. I I would counter no, because that's not what I mean when I say Tarnish's legacy. These are guys that are wrestle safe and all that jazz, but like with the exception of with the exception of Triple H, the rest of them are all washed, okay. all washed. Okay, Kane's been washed for five years. Undertaker, like. I, when I saw him, I was at the Mania for him and Reigns. And, like, personally, as someone who was at that WrestleMania, I feel robbed now. Oh, he's back? Yeah, absolutely. Like, every time that he wrestles, as someone who was at WrestleMania in Orlando when we thought it was his last match ever and they did that big dramatic curtain call and people had actual fucking tears in their eyes, I get angry when I see him wrestle because I'm like, fuck y'all. Y'all give us this beautiful moment that we thought we were part of, and you take it away. Um, so I have that kind of opinion on it. But also, Undertaker, he's another one, like, it's scary to watch him because his body is so broken up and beaten down. Even after all these surgeries that he's had, you're just like, I worry that he's going to take a leg drop and his hip is going to give out. It makes you wonder why does he, why does he keep coming back? Does he feel like he has more to give? Does he feel like... I think he, he just feels like he owes Vince. That that Yeah, 
but then at because some point, like one thing that we never think about because Undertaker does the least amount of non kayfabe stuff of anybody. Like he right. protects that character more than anybody I think in the history of the business has oh, protected the character very easily. Yes. So because of that, I don't think people really take into account how much of a company guy he is. Well, that's not fair because I mean you're, you're right, but I but I we know in our own ways. Like everybody knows. Well, no, what I mean by that. Room, no, that's know? not what I mean. What I mean is. I think when we ask questions like, well, why is he still doing it? We don't stop to think, well, wait a minute. This is Taker, the company guy who feels like he owes Vince for all of his success and blah, blah, blah. And so when Vince and the company ask him, hey, will you do this thing? Like, can you do this five minute match for us? He'll always say, yeah, I'll give you five. Well, that's so. So that's the question I was asking. Do you think he's saying I want to come back or do you think Vince is asking him to? I think they're asking him to because of the shows that he's doing it for. He comes, but he's coming back right now for these big foreign house shows. Oh, well, where they're yeah. Trying to sell massive gates. The Saudi like, show. That's sure. not him saying, well, even the, I'd say even the Aussie show. I, I don't okay. think that's him saying, yeah, Vince, I really want to, you know, take my old 50 something year old ass with my replaced hip down to Australia and bump around with the boys one more time. <laughs> I think it's more, they called him up and were like, hey, we're doing a show in Australia. It's the first time in like decades. Can you come down and help us sell the house? That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I can accept that because I think you're right. But man, I just hope, I, I know ultimately to be a wrestling promoter, it's almost like being a zookeeper in that you, you just, essentially you have to use people. Till they're used up and then move on. I, I understand that, uh, but I would really hope eventually Vince would say, "I right, look, Mark, I love you, but but you're gonna ram yourself." We yeah, we got we got to stop this. Like you have a life to live. We got to stop. Like and I hope, cause I mean, to, because to his credit, to his credit, he did that for Foley. He did it for Mick, cause Mick was yep. gonna kill himself, and he's like, yep. "All right, man, we got to chill. We got to stop." Yeah, Mick said Mick gave an interview where he talked about that Hell in a Cell match, and Mick said at the end of the interview, he's like, Vince pulled me into his office and said, "You will never know how much I appreciate everything that you've done for this company. Don't you ever do something like that again." Oh yeah, and um, Mick talked about it too when he left TNA. Why did he go to TNA? Because Vince said you can't wrestle anymore. Well, so, and you know, we don't give Vince enough credit for doing that with guys for different reasons. Kurt don't. and Jeff Hardy both had to go to TNA mm. because they had a drug problem, and Vince and company were finally like, yo, if you can't get clean, you got to fucking go. Ric Flair. Ric Flair was going to wrestle. He was till he, till he died in the ring. God forbid it ever happens if he does wrestle again. And Vince said, you're, you're retiring now. Yeah, we don't yeah. give him enough credit for taking care of people. We don't. Um, and don't get me wrong, he's not perfect, he's made mistakes, Owen Hart being one of them, but, which, by the way, I don't think was his fault, but you didn't have to do that. I, I don't think, I don't think Interest. a freak accident is anybody's fault. No, right. I don't think a freak accident is anybody's I'm not blaming him for the accident, I'm saying that I don't think... You didn't have to do the spot. That's general. what I'm saying. Yeah. Which, which, and I know he, I know he lives with that. I know he does. If you watch the Andre the Giant doc, he feels somewhat responsible for Andre a bit. Because he feels like, Andre feels like, you used me, and when I had no more, you kicked me to the side. 
So, like, he does feel an air of responsibility to these guys, and that's a tough position to be in. Uh, but I just hope that Taker stops sooner than, rather than later. Um, yeah, I really do. Because the John Cena debacle at, 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 at the, the Roman Reigns debacle at, uh, at WrestleMania, which, and I also want to point out to those fans who are listening, fans always want to cite that Roman's wrestled four in a row. The only reason Roman, Roman main evented, uh, WrestleMania 33 was because it was against Taker and they thought Taker was retiring. If take if that wasn't a retirement ceremony, that wouldn't have main evented. And I'll also say, you know, a lot of people give Roman a lot of shit for that match, and I get it. Oh, it was Taker. But it was it's, all Taker. It, I was gonna say, but a lot of that was Taker. Like a lot of those that that Tombstone spot. That was all where him. that yeah, that's on Taker. Taker doesn't have the strength anymore mm-hmm. to do those kinds of spots, mm-hmm. and the match suffered as a result. People uh, want to blame Roman when Taker had him in, in the Taker had him in the tombstone and Roman and Roman's falling backwards so they can flip and they fall. How was Roman supposed to fix that? Yeah, so like that's not on Roman. Taker's washed and yeah. like I worry like you were saying, my worry is Taker's gonna, you know, Taker will be the solution to the part-timer problem because he'll go Randy the Ram and have like a disfiguring injury in the middle of the ring Knock on and wood, that'll be dog. the last of the part-timers. Knock on wood, man. Look, I've seen enough with Dries being uh paralyzed with in a si- freak accident. Completely freak accident. With Owen Hart dying. Still on Steelo Brown. Yeah, oh yeah. With Owen dying and watching that show live, with Eddie dying, which still bothers me to this day, and Benoit, sure, but and then with Mitsara, with with uh, Masawa, and um, Paraguayo, and a lot of these guys, and watching uh, catch catch Shibata. What's his first name? Katsuri. Oh, I can't pronounce it, but Shibata. Shibata. Yeah. Watching this grown man headbutt somebody and literally blood drop from his hairline, like these injuries that I've seen. Hiromu. Yeah. You know. It's I've seen too I've seen so much of that for a lifetime. I don't. Want and these to are all people who that. were young and in the prime of their lives and the healthiest, like at their healthiest well, points. Not Masawa. for the most part. Not well, Masawa not, and not Aguayo, well, but the rest of them, yes. Like yeah, like Hiromu's at his physical peak and he broke the shit out of his neck. Taker has had several surgeries at this point. Yeah. I I don't I don't I, and I, maybe maybe we need to tell him. As fans, not that we don't want you back, but that there's nothing left you need to give. You know, like, yeah. Thank you for everything you've done for us as a fan base. Uh, we will always continue. We will always continue to support. We will you. always love you as a staff, a record label, and, and as a, a motherfucking, motherfucking crew. Yes, but there's nothing left you have to get that, that you have to prove. You know what I mean? Um. Well, so, and I think some of that is, you know, a guy like Taker once upon a time would have phased out and joined the booking committee or creative or I don't think he that's not I don't think this is interest. I don't think this ever been his interest. And I say that I say that because of this. The people whose interest it was in ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, sad are meetings. doing it. Not only are no. doing it, but sat in the meetings. Triple H sat in those meetings. Austin didn't care to sit in those meetings. Right? Rock didn't care to sit in those meetings. Foley was interested in his character. He didn't sit in the meetings, but he worked with Vince all the time. 
Tanker didn't care. So I think the people who cared about that had the opportunity to be involved in that at a time, and they didn't. So I don't think Tanker was ever interested in that aspect of the business. I always feel like Tanker's a lot more than like Brock than we think he is. Taker's a lot well, that's more. That's why Taker and Brock are good friends in real life. Exactly. I want to go to my farm and I want to go home. The difference is Taker liked the road. Taker liked the the entire. Maybe not. Maybe like is a is not is in term. He was comfortable and got used to the life of a wrestler. Brock hates every everything that involves wrestling outside of the ring. He hates. He loves performing, but everything else, town to town. Um, talking to people, signing autographs, all of that, mingling with the other wrestlers. He hates it. I, I think it's so ironic with something like that, where like you're a millionaire because your job requires you to be out in front of people and around people and have a microphone in your hand, mm-hmm. and you hate that part of your job. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And you're, that, and you're that's the... just so hilariously ironic paradox yeah so i have i have uh we got two more and i'm gonna let you pick which one we talk about next okay we got a tna topic and we got a new japan topic where you want to go i feel like it's always best to end the show on a happier note so let's go ahead and knock out that company we don't talk about okay so for those of you listening who don't know this impact wrestling the company that we don't normally talk about, but we're talking about today for this purposes, had a meeting with WWE officials in Stanford. So the rumors are apparently, nobody knows what it is. The assumption was that it had something to do with the tape library. But from people who are in the know, they've been told it's much bigger than you think it is. So I have a theory. I don't think this is it. But I have a theory, okay? I tell me how tell me tell me that this would be the most TNA thing ever, okay? I, I mean, have... in fairness, before you say that, in fairness, TNA is now a totally different Canadian company run mostly by Don Callis. So like, well, okay, a little bit different, right? But to, so tell me, this isn't the most TNA thing ever. After all the years of ridicule, after all the years of being bottom feeders, after all the years of negative press and terrible decisions, they finally have seemed to right the ship. They've gotten some of the good graces back with the portion of the fan base. They have a roster there that they that enjoys working there that is different and is entertaining, and they have good management, right? And they're back to doing the things that they used to do well, well again. The X division is good again. The knockouts division is great right now. Tell me how TNA would be if they do all that and they're selling events. (laughs) You know, the only thing that would make that more TNA is if Jeff Jarrett was still part of the company and he had yet again... Finessed Vince McMahon out of money. I'm a natural boy finesse. Is the greatest finesser in the history of professional wrestling. But let me tell you what I think. What I think. The, what I think. The, what the, I really, really think they're talking about. So the ultimate goal of the network was yes to be the one-stop shop for everything WWE, but the goal was to essentially make the network the one-stop shop for wrestling. Right? There was always plans to put other promotions on the network. 
progress has been talked to for damn almost at this point years. Uh, I think they talked to Defiant. They've talked to um, whatever it is, ICW that uh, Clive and Ricky like to go to. All these places. I think it would behoove Impact to necessarily, I'm, I wouldn't say sell, but work out a deal where they're shown on the network. Yeah, the network probably would get them a bigger, at least of their target audience. For those of you that don't know, Impact currently airs on Pop TV. Um, you know, Pop TV is a very small channel. Not a lot of people get it. Um, so the network would definitely give them more exposure to their target audience. Um, and you know, a lot of the people that are watching shows like 205 Live and NXT are the type of people that are likely to watch Mayon Classic. Eventually, Impact airs on Thursdays. They don't even have to change the air date because nope. they shit air on Thursdays on the WWE. So um, not only do you get a check for being on their air, but then you, but then part of the part of that is also, you sell the tape library. Well, and it also fits with their globalization theme because, like I said, Impact is now technically Canadian a Canadian company. company. Yeah, Anthem. Owns like it. they're doing their tapings in Canada. Like now that Anthem owns it. You know, even a lot of the acts that are featured prominently, yes, they're bigger stars that have been with TNA for a while, but even your people like Allie, Rosemary, Taya Valkyrie, all those women in the knockouts division, Canadian. Mm-hmm. So, like, they've got a lot of Canadian talents. Petey Williams is back, mm-hmm. which I always mark for, because anytime I can see the Canadian Destroyer, uh, I'm all the, about it. The real, the real Canadian Destroyer. Lil Petey Pump. Um, Lil PD Pump, but I think that's I I do think that is what ultimately what very clearly I think the tape library is what started the conversations. Yeah, and if you don't know why they would be interested in the tape library, look at the SmackDown roster. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Straight up. So absolutely. Um. Plus, you know, Jeff Jarrett sued them because of the global wrestling app. Well, mm-hmm. Vince can just, just like he did for Matt Hardy, Vince can make, make that, that go, go away. away like that. Yep. Um. Do you think, do you think, not, not do you think it's possible. Do you think yep. it would work? I think it could work Um. depending on the end goal. Um. The one thing that would complicate it is um, there have been reports that Pentagon and Phoenix have um, been negotiating a longer-term deal with TNA because um, they're tied to Impact through it, or to Impact. I'm sorry, to Lucha Underground. Yeah, through at least the fifth season, um, and so that would prevent them from being on anything WWE affiliated for at least that long. So if impact were to go to something like the wwe network i'm not sure how that would like but here it would at all i'm not sure how it would interact with some of those non-compete agreements but it shouldn't be a problem let me tell you why if ricochet is the north american champion why couldn't ricochet essentially make an appearance on impact um, yeah, you're right. You could do more talent exchanges within that realm. Um, 
you could also I mean you could also technically work around it because WWE is not actually the content creator in this case. It would be exactly. the distributor. Exactly. Impact is still the intellectual property. It's yep. just being distributed via other mediums. No different than being distributed through Viacom. But yeah, that's the only thing that I could see being potentially even mildly problematic is impact does have a lot of people. Brian cage is another one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, talent exchange. With, who with does? Yeah. yeah. They've got a talent exchange with LU and LU's got a very rigid contract situation as like they, that's, as they should. Uh, yeah, I would, you can I, tell, you can tell Lucha underground is run by a television network because they wrote those contracts ironclad. And, that's why Ricochet took so long to get here. Is, and most importantly, they're not a wrestling company. So they knew if we want to keep talent, we need to sign you. Yeah, so it's very smart. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, the ba- TNA- oh John Morrison could come back because yeah. he works for them. As long as we don't call him Johnny Impact anymore, that's dumb as shit. Um, it's the ba- it is, but it fits with the gimmick that he's created of he's Johnny wherever he's working. He's Johnny Mundo. He's sure. Johnny Impact. No, I agree. I just you, better name dog. No, better he can Impact. go. No, he can go back to being John Morrison, and he can take back that fire entrance theme. Yeah, and the slow motion. That, that shit was fire. That shit um, was fire. I uh, and Eli Drake. I'm all about some Eli Drake. Absolutely. So TNA is the bane of my existence, and of course they will find a way to make me have to watch them because yep. they'll be WWE programming. Damn As Chris Rock would say, man, anything you hate going to end up in your family. <laughs> <laughs> your daughter going to work for Impact someday. Oh, God. It, well, she already a so Brian fan. I'm knockouts champion. She already a Brian fan, so I've, I've, I've already failed. Uh, <laughs> time knockouts champion. All right, man. So let's end on, let's end on some New Japan. For, if you haven't been keeping up with uh, Twitter, uh, Tanahashi... And Kenny Omega kind of got a little beef going on through the Twitter machine. Um, obviously, because it's because they got the Wrestle Kingdom match coming up that nobody was checking for. So they got to build some heat for it. But um, I want to read the tweets to you. Well, it's actually their interviews. But, you know, I have the tweets here. Um, starting with what Tanahashi said. Tanahashi says that, and this is a direct quote, Kenny's Puroso. Pure Sue, however you say the word, Puro, is like watching a movie with no, I'm not even going to attempt to say the Japanese word, but essentially dramatic arc of traditional Japanese narratives. He And Tanahashi feels that the last five minutes of a Kenny match is all that matters because there's no story. He also says that he respected the Bullet Club's first and second leaders, which is essentially talking about AJ and Finn and AJ. Um... Because they were completely dedicated dedicated to Bullet Club. Tanahashi doesn't like Kenny's attitude on trying to own everything. Okay. Just keep that in mind. Now, Kenny is definitely one not one to sit back and let that happen. He's going to clap back. Okay. So, on the, uh, on the, the, the subject of saying Kenny's Piro is like watching the movie with no dramatic arc and all that in the last five minutes... Kenny responds on Twitter saying, strange accusation to make considering I've won more Match of the Year awards than Tana's had hair transplant surgeries. Can't wait for Tana versus Okada 71. I swear watching the same recycled match will be just as good in even slower motion. Uh, huh. 
then he also said um the, the other thing he said i don't have the tweet for this but i do know one of the, the, one of the insults he gave tanahashi was uh he called him old of course which is funny haha but he said uh you, tanahashi should just go to wwe and be roman reigns Uh, yeah, um, a lot there, isn't it? Well, first thing, um, everything happens for a reason with New Japan, and everything is kayfabe. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that's a great angle to take. Number one, um, I think that Tanahashi's criticism hits on a lot of the criticism that a lot of people have about Kenny, and that is that he's very signature offense heavy. Um, and his matches can sometimes feel kind of repetitive. Um, but I think really it's just kind of a desperate attempt to give heat to a feud that doesn't have any. Well, like I said, nobody was checking for the match to begin with. You're right. But so, and you said everything's kayfabe and it is, but I think there is something deeper here and I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm, 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 prodding and assuming. well this is well this is to be fair and you're right this is the second time Recently. that one of the major yeah. top three japanese stars has called out kenny because yes. earlier um it was either early this year or late last year um tetsuya naito had called out omega mm-hmm. for his wrestling and his attitude as leader of Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the second time that one of the three biggest Japanese stars in the company has taken issue with Kenny for the exact same reason. And by the way, you're talking about Tana and Okada 71. You've wrestled Okada like five times in the past two years. So you can't retain This is a fact. Um, can I give you an analogy to what I think Kenny Omega is, essentially? Yeah. Kenny shoot. Omega reminds me a lot of AJ Lee. And what I mean is, Kenny is like that, and I'm not dissing him because I think Kenny is one of the best in the world. Um, Kenny is like that artsy guy who thinks that only, he's so talented and is great at everything he does, but he feels like his art is the only art that is right, that matters, and that everybody else's art is as cool, but it's, it, it doesn't live up because it's not mine. And I say, I, I, I equate that to AJ because. AJ was on this quest when she was in WWE to normalize women, essentially, right? Which was very necessary. But she came off quite often, to me at least, of saying that she used the, she used the term real women a lot. So essentially, people, women, she, was, she felt like she was saying women who like to get dressed up and like heels and makeup and hair and all that stuff aren't real women like her who doesn't want to do her hair every day and likes video games and this and that. And it made her feel kind of standoffish a bit. You know, the pipe, the, the, the pipe bombshell or whatever they call it is one of my most hated um, promos ever. Because while everybody loved it because they hate the Bellas, I hated it because you essentially talked down on the entire women's roster for doing the same thing you did. Talent isn't sexually transmitted, but your husband was the 434-day champion. And your boyfriend before that. You, you're The only reason she was over, and I'm not 
well, I am just AJ Lee a little bit, but the only reason she was essentially over as a character was because you were in the main event as the girlfriend or the liaison of John Cena, Kane, Daniel Bryan, and CM Punk. And you took that heat and took it to the women's division. Whereas the Bellas started off as valets and worked their ass up to where they were. Right? Eye candy. They were the ones hanging with Donald Trump when he was there dancing and shit. You know, yeah, but you know, to to just kind of clap back at that a little bit. Go ahead. No, um, clap back a lot if you need to. For the same reason that you were saying, you know, AJ talking about real women because she's not very effeminate. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Re- Which is well, hold great. on. I was going to say, for the same reason you're clapping, like, you're saying that that came across as a negative, I thought it came across more as a positive because the women's era mm-hmm. at that time, the mm-hmm. Divas division, was neck deep in Absolutely. Diva Search eye candy. Absolutely. Brawn panties evening gown. Mm-hmm. Let's have a let's have a spring break pool party match. Playboy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we were waist deep in that version of the Divas era. Mm-hmm. And AJ was trying to come out and be like, no, like there are real women are not just these like pinup girls. We can be good in the ring and we can be non effeminate. We can be you said the key word. Not just. She's never said that. She's always said, we're women are. You're not. I am. It never came off as saying, what you're doing is cool, but there's also an alternative. It never seemed like she was saying that. Much like Kennedy doesn't feel like he's saying, well, my your wrestling is cool, but there's also other wrestling. The storytelling that I do is important to me, but the, your storytelling is good. Kenny disses WWE all the time because then he'll big him up in the same conversation, which is a talent. But because he says, well, they can't do what I do. What matters to them doesn't matter to me because what matters to me is more important than anything else. So it's one thing to say alternatives. It's another thing to almost essentially knock and say another another alternative is wrong because yours is right. And that's the part I didn't like about AJ. And that's what I think people, the OGs of New Japan have a problem with Kenny for. Because they've been having great matches for, for decades. Speaking of OGs, uh, since we're talking about Bullet Club, um, I'm going to make our obligatory weekly shout out to the Tongans. Hi. Because we don't want none with the Tongans no smoke, because please. they are badass and we are scared. No smoke, please. No smoke at all. Um, if you're if you're recruiting a podcast, because Twitter feud with Roman Reigns is like the greatest feud that's not happening right now. Well, shit, Tom and Tonga's Twitter feud with everybody. <laughs> By the way, if you're recruiting podcasts, we're 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 available. We're available. We we would love to hear from the Bullet Club OGs about all the reasons why they are right and everyone else is wrong. I will I will say this, and this is going to sound really crazy coming from me, but it is. I am looking forward to hearing more New Japan news coming up recently because the G1 they blew their load in that like they do every year, and it's always kind of a lull afterwards. Oh gosh, I would be like I love the G1, but I would be so okay with them like stretching that out. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous over as, some as longer as it is. time. 
But now it's been such a low, and a lot of the guys have kind of cooled, calmed down. They've had some shows and stuff, but I feel like it's, they're about to pick back up because I know uh, whatever the show is that they do in October's coming. Um, so yeah, it is interesting to see some of that because you know me, I want to know the card of Wrestle Kingdom, and I want to see how you're gonna get there. So you need to let me know something. Because you really got to make me give a shit about Okada. I'm not Okada. About Omega and Tanahashi. Because if Wrestle Kingdom was Sunday, I wouldn't watch that match. In fact, I'll tell you this. Based on what the card is going to... Essentially what we assume the card is going to be. The past... Damn near the past three years. I've bought it in some form or fashion. I bought the network the past couple years. And before that... They had the one that was on tape pay per view. I bought that. I am big. I am a big proponent of putting my money where my mouth is and supporting what I like or supporting what I think deserves to be supported. I'm not one of these guys out here that's powered in shows. I pay for what I want. I bought all in, and I didn't give a shit about half that card. I bought it because I supported what Cody and the Bucks were doing. So I'm a big proponent of that. I buy shirts. I go to the shows. I'm a big proponent. Of putting my money where my mouth is. I subscribe to the network. All of that. I'm, I'm going to get off my, ho- my high horse real quick. But if if Wrestle Kingdom was coming this week. Right now. And the cards that we assume it. I wouldn't watch it. I have no interest. So y'all got October, November, December. Y'all got three months. Three months to make this work. So I mean. Am I alone in that? I know you're a big I mean, fan I- than me. I have a subscription to New Japan World, and I can say that, like, Omega Tanahashi is not getting me all hot and bothered. Um, mostly because I'm at the point with the ace that I'm kind of at with Randy Orton. I don't hate Tanahashi. I don't have anything personally against Tanahashi. Tanahashi old and he been on top forever and I'm ready to move on from Tanahashi. Yeah, but you want Randy Orton to go away completely. I think me and you both want Tanahashi to just accept the fact that he's a mid-carder. Yeah, I want him to Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. I want him to be in the opening multi-man tag match and get the crowd hot as shit because they love to say go ace because you're Tanahashi. Well, and I'm then gonna... slide on out. I'd even be cool with like Intercontinental title Tanahashi. Well, I don't want that. I don't want. I don't even want him near titles. I'm just. I'm not gonna go that. I'm not gonna go that far to make him, you know, to make him uh, Captain New Japan level stuff. That's that's way low. I I want him to have individual feuds in the mid card. Don't have to be for the title. Individual feuds in the mid card. Help the help the young help the young. In fact, let me. I know they're fairly affiliated, but. Let him feel a guy like Michael Elgin, right? Feel with some of these younger guys. Who... Toa Hanare. Toa Hanare. Yes. David That's Finley. That's what I need. David Finley. Absolutely. A, a few with him and Juice would be interesting as hell because they're both ex- extremely flamboyant, right? So, and is in, technically they're in the same. Well, they're of... they're all part of that like. Taguchi. Yeah, they're all part of technically Taguchi, but like not really. You know, those guys are. That's a weird stable. It is a weird stable, but they represent it though. Yes, they do. Yes, they, they represent do. their little weird stable that has like 
five guys that expands to 12, 12 when they do other companies. But yes, uh, but that's what I want. Like, I appreciate what you've done, and you're not you're not watched yet. You're just not main event no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Last you just year, need to go down the card. Last year was the perfect spot for him. The, but but that also showed the problem with New Japan that nobody talks about because New Japan gets all the benefit of the doubt is that you had your two top guys and then but but you had uh essentially uh he's not a rookie but you know what I'm saying Jay White was a new guy and and a and a part-timer from another company in your top 3 matches that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Don't you think? Because if, if well, that was WrestleMania. But I mean, even an even bigger problem, an even bigger problem. So like Tanahashi being in the G1, I got no problems with that. I have no qualms with him being in the G1. Sure. But why the fuck did Tanahashi win the G1? Well, so if Tanahashi would have won block A or B, I don't remember which one it was, and Kota won the other block, and Kota beat Tanahashi, I'm perfect with that because Tanahashi is great. And if Dakota beats Tanahashi, it only much like when Zack Saber tapped Naito, Tanahashi, and whoever I think he tapped Okada, whoever all he tapped to get No, to, he didn't face Okada because um I, I don't think or I don't think he faced Okada. He might not have, but I know it was like some major guys. But I know two of them were Naito and and Tanahashi, and he tapped them all to win that cup. And face Okada. And then he uh, faced, faced Okada, Okada after he won the cup, and, and he lost to the Rainmaker because that was when everybody lost to the Rainmaker. Well, technically, everybody still does lose to the Rainmaker. It's just Kenny had a good day. <laughs> Okada, it's not like Okada's losing since he's not champ no more. Facts. Okay. Facts. Um, Scooby Dooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo. Whatever the fuck that means in Japanese. Um, Same thing in Japanese. Scooby Doo oh, is an international okay. property. I, I thought so too, but I, you know, I don't with the balloons and the red hair. I don't know what the hell Okada's no, smoking right no, now. No, that's the story though. That's the story is that now that he's not the champion anymore, he's like reinventing himself and he's letting loose and he's living his best life. Yeah, that's why the that's why the music is remixed now. <laughs> oh man, I can't. I will tell you this though. I'm here for. Jay White Nokata over the control of, of chaos. I'm here for that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all here for that. Yeah. I am all here for that. Because because Jay White is evil and must be destroyed in the eyes of New Japan fans. Jay White's done a good job of getting himself some real heat. Jay he beat White, the fuck out of Juice. Jay White is almost Juice. at Champa level, like over there. Like they hate Jay White. <laughs> yeah. To segue really quickly into Champa before we close out the show. Um. I just don't know how I feel about him having music now. Like, the song itself is not bad. It's not the song itself that I, I have any kind of qualm with. But, like, the for me, a huge part of the ambiance of Champa is that the name just comes on the screen in a silent arena and the booze rain down. So, I, I know this doesn't matter because I, I know your point. But if I may give kayfabe reasoning to why have you if as a wrestling fan have you ever wondered why the attire of choice chump wore ever since he came back was was camo chump always felt like it was him against the world because 
his whole mindset was y'all turned on me which is why i turned on johnny right once he beat johnny and especially since he became champ he not angry no more he happy as hell which is why he signed the biggest deal in the history of nxt to make a t-shirt when he wouldn't sell his own t-shirt that was even look better than that one which is why he's finally decided to have theme music because Which is he, why he's keeping himself out of the video game. Exactly. That's the thing that he's doing apparently. <laughs> well, he I he, saw on Twitter. Yeah, he's not keep. They didn't put him in because he was hurt. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but exactly right. So, so kayfabe, it makes perfect sense. And like I told you on the, on the text, I was the same way until I saw the package. I saw him come out with the music, the intro, the 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 Tron. The, the the whole arena dark and just the spotlight and yeah it just it felt right when i first heard the music though can i tell you what i first thought when i heard the start of it what'd you think it's fucking taz coming back it did sound a little 13-ish yes i was like i just kept waiting for it to be do do and just like i was like what the fuck is taz gonna be on commentary now like is he about to come choke out morrow but you know how genius that that Pavlovian effect of the very first two seconds of a theme is so imp- let me tell you who I think has the best Pavlovian Pavlovian intro in all of NXT. Lacey Evans with the eh, eh, and then like you just know I don't all. know man. I don't know man. Undisputed era with that shock the system announcement. That's where pretty... that's fair. Well, but they're the best in the entire company. Yeah, so, like like yeah. people here shock the system and they're all re- they're ready to boom, they're ready mm-hmm. to Adam Cole baby. Yep. All of like, it. They're ready to do the air guitars. Like yep. if it was a real issue on Twitter when we saw the intro for Undisputed Era on the game and he's not doing the guitar. People were pissed. They were so mad he had to address it. How- yeah, how does he not get a special champion's entrance where he strums the guitar? So you know in, in 2K, 2K20. He'll be strumming that fucking championship. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. man. I I mean, they are the best stable, though. Like, if, yeah. if any if any undersized group of guys could, like, get themselves over, it's a stable that's put together like that. Well, you say undersized, but they're appropriately sized for NXT. <laughs> no, but they're, I mean, honestly, they're appropriately sized for this era. Like, I was sure. thinking it when I was watching Drew versus Dean Never. on Raw. You really notice how tall Drew is now in a way that you did not notice it 10 years ago when he was here the first time. Yeah. Because 10 years ago, every fucking body was six foot five, and the big Hoss guys were. Six ten, seven foot. Yeah. Now everybody's like six two, and the big Hoss guys are six Luke, six. Luke six, Harper five. is a Hoss now. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Harper is a Hoss. He's like six seven, and I'm not saying six seven is short, but oh, right. for those of us that grew up watching during the Attitude Era or the New Generation or like those eras, for us we hear Hoss, we think Kane, Big Show. Undertaker, like huge Kali. fucking dudes. Kali. Luke Harper is the yeah. same size as Test. I I do one better. The Rock was six five two two fifty five two sixty. Yeah, 
Rock would look normal. You know who else is 6'5"? Here's, oh, can I tell you? You know who else is 6'5"? Dean uh, Ambrose. For real, for real? Dean Ambrose is 6'5". Damn. Dean Ambrose is the tallest member of the Shield. I, you know, damn. Think I'm That's my point. It just don't look the same because the can entire I just say that, smaller. Can I just say that if Dean's the tallest member of the Shield at six foot five, Roman was a very undersized defensive lineman. Well, defensive linemen aren't necessarily the tallest, but they big as shit. And Roman was like three hundred and ten. I mean, Roman's Samoan, so like we know he can get big as shit if he wants to. <laughs> that could like, be thought of a Rowan and, and Rowan's coming from the same branch of the family that Umaga and Rosie were coming from. So like, well, Rosie's his brother. So. Rosie's his brother. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So like, we know Roman yeah. could get big if he wanted to. Absolutely. Rest Absolutely. in peace to Rosie and Umaga. Oh, both of man, both of them, dog. Well, uh, we got to get out of here, man. Um, so tell them where they can find you because I got a shitload of stuff to plug. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. Um, and, of course, you can follow Carl at uh, Outsider Curvin. All Hashtag right. bring Carl back. Hashtag. All right. So this is going to be longer than usual because I got two podcast networks to shout out. So first and foremost, let me get the chair shots to follow the way. You can follow the Chair Shot at thechairshot.com. You can follow my other show, Chair Shot Radio, at Chair Shot Radio, brand new account. Only one, like a couple of tweets. We're just starting to build it back up. We'll get it up, up and running and do it all. But yeah, go ahead and follow that early. Uh, also, shout out to my boy Chris Platt at The Real C Platt. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say. Uh, always use your head and go to pro wrestling te- pro- go to pro wrestlingtees.com look up the chair shot get your shirt I can also say that in terms of social suplex and the outsider's edge we are working on shirts I have ideas I'm getting some uh, I'm getting some some drawings done and yeah because we guys we've got some ideas for some shirts for you guys we're gonna do some uh, we're gonna do some special things here, maybe some uh, competitions, and got a lot of stuff in the in, in the works for uh, you guys. On the social suplex, oh, shout out all the other shows on uh, Chairshot.com. Uh, you know, Greg Demarco show, Pot is War, DWI, it's all the shows you can find them all. So on the social suplex tip, follow that at social suplex. Um, you can also go to socialsuplex.com. Social Suplex Podcast Network, anywhere you find them, both of them, Chair Shot 2, you can find them at anywhere you get your podcast at, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Podbean, everywhere, all of them. Uh, shout out to Ricky and Clive, Ricky and Clive, shout out to One Nation Radio, One Nation Radio, shout out to uh, Keeping It Strong Style, Cash Strong Style, shout out to Grown Men at Grown Men Pod, um, and you can find our show at outsiders edge ss and i am working on getting the at outsiders edge twitter handle somebody has it and has never done anything with it i'm trying to get it um columns coming soon carl's will be here before 2020 yeah carl wanted us to let you know that he's very hard at work on this column and you guys are gonna love it in fact that's the reason he wasn't able to be on this no it's not i'm lying um um Oh, but before we go, though, y'all, we do have to give you our disclaimer. 
Yes. Now, now, as you guys well know, we're all just some relatively young men working our best, following our dreams. Doing all we can. So, said anything that you didn't like today, we made you upset, said anything you disagree with, just remember that we are following our dreams, and you've got to respect that. And if you don't, we don't really give a fuck. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>